You know, I, I'm always fascinated at how week after week after week after week, God puts this thing all in order. And so we're going to take just a moment here, and I'm going to go ahead and preach. So we're going to, you can remain seated, I mean remain standing, just get you a Bible there and turn with me to 2 Timothy, the first, 2 Timothy, the first chapter. Uh, y'all don't get too comfortable because I'm going to call you right back up. I don't think I'm going to be long, but I just feel like the Lord wants me to go ahead and do this right now. So 2 Timothy Chapter 1, verse 7. While I was standing there worshiping on the first song this morning, I was, I, when I sat down this morning, I was a little bit... <clears throat> some mornings, um, I'm ready to go 100 miles an hour with my hair on fire. And some mornings I'm a little bit anxious, not really, I don't know really why I really am, but I am. And uh, this morning was one of those mornings, and Gene asked me, she said, you okay? I said, well, I don't, I don't know, I'm kind of anxious for some reason. I don't really know why. But this morning as we began to sing, the Lord, um, <laughs> the Lord said, I'm going to knock fear out of this place this morning. And he gave me this scripture, and I turned to it, and I, I knew what it was. He gave it to me to preach this morning, and then as he began to speak, I said, wow, how you put things together. You know, some people have, and I know you're standing, so I'm not going to take you a long time here, but I might. But anyway, um, some, people have, that some people have expressed concern to me that we have... Uh, so many tongues and interpretations and so many prophecies inside of this church. And um, I, I just want to say that 1 Corinthians 14 tells me as long as things are done decently in order and as long as they edify, comfort, and exhort, then it's of God. And I've always found it to be of God. I've always found it to be exhorting, comforting. It's not to say that every time everyone is exactly, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not getting into that. I'm not, a, I'm not a judge. I'm just simply listening to what God says. And so many times in this congregation, he, he brings out, before I ever preach, he brings out the sermon. And the whole service seems to have a theme. And this morning's st service theme is this. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Jesus Christ before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Heavenly Father, thank you, Almighty God, for this moment in time, Lord. And I pray this morning, Lord God, that my mouth would be your mouth and my mind your mind and my spirit your spirit. God, I just ask you this morning, Lord God, to drive fear out of the house, Lord God, that Jesus Christ might be exalted, Lord God, and that perfect love, Lord God, would come forth. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen. Amen. This scripture holds... You may be seated. The scripture holds particular significance for me. 
I, I preached many times at, uh, at different churches. Kathy and I were interim at New Covenant for 10 months, and then we went to a faith assembly, and we were there for about five or six months, and then we left there, and uh, they got a pastor, and we came back, and we, then we went to Port Natchez, uh, Magnolia Assembly in Port Natchez, and we were there for several months, and then we left, we, we, they got a pastor, and we went, we came back, and we, we went to uh, Port Arthur, First Assembly Port Arthur, for 10 months, so I, as far as preaching sermons, I had preached a few sermons, plus we preached uh, there at First Assembly, anytime Brother Woods or would give us the opportunity, we'd preach there. So I'd been preaching for a while, and I always preached with notes. I always had prepared sermons. I always had my thoughts written out. I always had my supporting scriptures. I always had it laid out, and I always had it just exactly like I wanted it, and I followed, <clears throat> I followed the plan. But the Lord was bringing us back here. We had been at Northside for about 18 months, and we had left that church. God had had removed this, the call in our heart to go to Houston. So, so we had gone, I'd gone out to my daughter's house in between, and they had asked me to preach that morning, and I did. But that night, the Lord began to deal with me, just tell me that he didn't want me to preach with any notes. He began to deal with me to say, I want you simply to follow what I lead you to. I simply want to have total flexibility for you to be able to to preach what I give you and not preach your prepared sermon. And I said, Lord, I can't do that. I, 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 I don't trust myself. I, I've got to have these scriptures. I've got, to, I've got to support what I say. I've got to be all this documentation. I've got to have it all right. And he said, just follow me. And so I went up to the, con to the I went out to, the, to try to figure out a sermon and I could not. I tried my best to, to, to write a sermon. I wanted to. I tried hard to, but I went up to the pulpit that night in Bandera, Texas at Living Springs Water, and I walked up there to that platform with nothing but my Bible, and God has not given me a spirit of fear, which was not true because I was scared to death, and of power and of love and of a sound mind, of which I had none of them. But that night as I preached, I found a new anointing, I found a new direction, I found a new purpose. I found a, a, a freshness of the, of the living well of the Holy Spirit and the altar service that night. The Lord did amazing things. People came down. They were touched. They were moved upon by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord spoke to me and said, if you'll just follow what I tell you to do, it'll be okay. So I want to tell you this morning that God's not giving you a spirit of fear. I don't care what the doctors have told you. I don't care what the bankers have told you. I don't care what the lawyers have told you. <clears throat> and I'm not going to say you always win either. You may get sued and you may lose. You may, you may hear the bankers say what they say and you may go into bankruptcy. You may hear a bad report from the doctor and it may come true. That cancer that they say they see, it, it may be there and you may end up having to take chemotherapy and you may have to take radiation. You, you, what they tell you are facts and their facts may actually come to pass. But even if their facts come to pass, you don't have to have a spirit of fear. You don't have to have a spirit of foreboding. You don't have to have a spirit that drives you to where you can't sleep at night. 
You don't have to have a spirit to where that thing of the flesh overtakes your spirit to where you can't function in life because you can't do anything because you're so afraid that you're going to die, that you're going to go into bankruptcy, that something horrible is going to happen. You can't function in that. You don't have to live in that. Their facts may certainly come to pass, but it doesn't mean it has to affect you and cause you to start not being able to function in the very thing that God's given you to do. Because God doesn't give a spirit of fear. He gives a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I want to tell you this morning that even though you may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it's not a time to begin to fear those shadows. It's not a time to begin to fear what might happen because everything in your world today, everything in your world today works off of fear. Everything in your world today works off of fear. The headlines in the paper worked off of fear. You know what the headline on Fox was yesterday morning? Biden's going to shut down all your appliances. You can't be able to buy appliances anymore. That was the headline. I looked at that and I felt anger rising up in me. I said, shut down my appliances. He can't do that. Spirit of fear. Spirit of fear. When President Obama became president, I wanted a truck. I wanted a full-size truck. I didn't care. Even if it was a Dodge, that'd been okay. I'd have taken it. <laughs> Not so sure about a Ford, but I would have taken a Dodge. <laughs> I'm joking. I wanted a truck. And they started talking about all the EPA regulations that President Obama was putting in place. And they started talking about all these things he was going to do. And they started talking about all the changes he was making. And the next thing you know, they came out with a thing that said that the normal person in the next five years wasn't going to be able to buy a truck. Everybody was going to be in these little bitty beep beep things. And nobody was going to be able to buy a full-size truck. And I got so mad, man, I pounded the table. I was upset. Boy, I was going to do something about it. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I was going to, man, I was so fearful. I was so afraid. I was so mad. But you know what I've got sitting in my driveway right now? A 2009 full-size truck. That spirit of fear that tried to lock me up and make me think that everything was not going to be right, that I wasn't going to get what God had spoken. It wasn't, it wasn't going to happen like God had said. That very spirit of fear had to be defeated in order for me to walk a victorious Christian life. And whatever your fear is this morning, God is in the house to tell you that you don't have to have a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We get so caught up in the things that are going on around us that we forget that God is in control. This is his congregation. He knows what he's doing. And the only way I start having fear is if I start thinking I need to help him manipulate it. Whenever I put myself in the equation and I start saying, well, God, it would let me, let me help you. Let me send a text that'll get him thinking this way. 
Let me, let me, let me do something on here that'll, that'll make it better. Let me make a comment here that'll help us out. Let me, let me do something that's, let me change the color of something. Let me change the way we do something. Let me get more like everybody else, and then we'll be able to keep more people. Lord, I know what I'm doing. Why don't you let me help you? And I'm telling you why he doesn't, because he knows that if I begin to help him, I'll start getting fearful. I'll start getting afraid that the. Oh, we can't change that because we might lose some of the congregation. If God's telling you to change it, you better get it moving. You better, and you may lose part of the congregation. You might. But I tell you this, if you don't keep up with what he's doing, you'll lose his spirit. And then you'll get to where you're having church without him and you don't even care. In Laodicea, they were rich, increased with goods, and have need of nothing. Man, what kind of, who wouldn't want to go to that church? Rich, increased with goods, have need of nothing? Man, what a great place to go. But if you read down a few scriptures, he says this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's on the outside trying to get in. He's on the outside trying to get in, and there's no doorknob on his side, so the picture says. He's on the outside trying to get in. Why? Because they have locked him out. If you don't move when God says move, if you don't do what God says do, if you're not a part of his plan, then you'll eventually start wondering why in the world his plan was so important anyway. And fear will begin to overtake you because fear is something that makes a man a coward. Now, I know most of you don't remember Vince Lombardi. Anybody besides me remember Vince Lombardi? Oh, hallelujah, there's 10 of us still here. Praise God, hold the fort for I'm coming. Jesus signals still. <laughs> Vince Lombardi was a football coach for the Green Bay Packers back 100 years ago. He won the first two Super Bowls. So how long has the Super Bowl been in place? 52 years? What number of Super Bowl we own, Zach? 58. So there you go. 56 years ago, he won a Super Bowl. He won, he, number, he won number one and number two. So that lets you know how long ago Vince Lombardi was. Vince Lombardi conditioned his players stronger than anybody else in the NFL because Vince Lombardi had a creed. Vince Lombardi said, fatigue makes a man a coward. He said games weren't won in the first quarter or the second quarter. They were won in the fourth quarter. And the person that was the better conditioned was the person that would win because whenever you get fatigued, you don't want to get hit. You don't want to run. You don't want to push. You don't want to keep pressing for that last that last final field goal run that you got to make in order to win the game, you get tired. You don't want to push for it anymore. You just want it to be over. And so his motto was, fatigue makes a man a coward. And I'll tell you this, in the spirit world, fatigue makes a Christian a coward. Fatigue makes a Christian a coward. When you get tired of trying to follow the Lord, when you get tired of trying to fight against the things of darkness, when you get tired and, and start to burn out on coming to church, when you get tired of always coming to the front for prayer, when you get tired of hearing things go on in the church that you know are of God but seem to be monotonous, when you get tired of those things and you begin to start sloughing them off and you begin to get fatigued then you're going to make yourself a coward because the first time the enemy gives you a bad report, you're going to choose to believe the bad report. And I want to do something right now. 
If, if, if you've received a bad report this week, be it a banker, a lawyer, a, a physician, or whatever it might be, if you've received a bad report this week, I want you to stand. Anybody here received a bad report? Anybody else? There you go. Anybody else? You've received a bad report from a physician, a lawyer, a banker, someone that's told you, a, somebody's told you how it's going to be, and it was a bad report. Anybody else? Don't be shy. This is your moment. We're going to take a break right now because God's not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so I want some people, if you would, to leave your seat and gather around these people. Foster was standing. Gather around him. Gather around these people that have received these bad reports. I want you to gather around them this morning, and I want us to begin to pray. And I want us to pray that God would remove the spirit of fear, and he would bring in power and love and a sound mind right now. Would you do that with me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, God. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, God. Lord, we receive your healing. We receive your deliverance. We receive your anointing. We receive your report, God. Whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord this morning. Father, in Jesus' name, we bind fear. Lord God, we bind those things, oh God, that would cause us, oh God, to be afraid. Lord God, we bind bad reports from the doctor. We know, oh God, that the doctor gives us facts, but we know, Lord God, that the doctor can't tell us the future. We know that bankers give us facts. We know that lawyers give us facts. But Almighty God, we appeal to one, oh God, who knows the future. Hallelujah. And we receive the healing. We receive the deliverance. We receive the things, oh God, that you have promised. My God, we affirm that your word is true. And this morning, oh God, in Jesus' name, God, we bind every power. We bind every principality. We bind every voice, oh God, that's not of you. And Lord God, we move in accordance with your word, Father God. We thank you, Lord God, for your healing, God. We thank you, Lord, for your deliverance, God. We thank you for your power, God. We thank you for your anointing, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We praise your name, Lord. We praise your name, Lord. You've not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And this morning we call those things that are not as though they were, oh God. Hallelujah. We call those things that are not as though they were, oh God. Thank you for bringing healing, Lord God. Thank you for bringing healing, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, I bind every voice that's not of you. I bind every power and principality. We release healing into this building, Father. Lord, we release deliverance into this building, God. Father God, change the atmosphere, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We receive a good report from you, oh God. We receive a good report from you this morning, God. We receive a good report from you this morning, God. We thank you, Lord God. We praise you, Lord God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. 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 Hallelujah, Father. We receive it, Father. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah, hallelujah. We receive it, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Can you give the Lord a praise now? Can you clap your hands? Can you say amen? Can you say hallelujah? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm not a victim. I'm not a victim. I am not a victim. I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me. A disease may take my health. A court decision may cause me to lose. A financial situation may cause me bankruptcy. But I am not a victim because I know in whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I commit unto him against that day. And I want to tell you this morning that God's not iffy when it comes to healing. God's not wishy-washy and maybe he does and maybe he does not. That's not God. If that's true, then Jesus took a whipping for no reason at all. And I don't believe he took a whipping for no reason at all. I believe he took stripes upon his back. I believe his back was made like hamburger. I believe he was, his internal organs were exposed because that's the way that, that scourging was. I believe he, he lost enough blood that he couldn't even carry his own cross. I believe that whipping was t taken by Christ and it was taken like a man. He didn't flinch from it. He didn't back away from it. He took it like, a, like, a, like the slaughtered lamb that he was and it and if he took it, then I think he certainly intended to heal my body. I certainly think he intended to heal my mind. I certainly think he intended to heal my finances. I certainly think he intended to do exceedingly abundantly above what I can ask or think if the power of God can work through me. And I want to tell you this morning that whenever Jesus says you're healed, you're healed. Hallelujah. When Jesus says you're delivered, give the Lord a hand this morning. When Jesus says you're delivered, you're delivered. When he says, don't worry about the finances, I'll take care of that, then don't worry about it. If he says, don't worry about the... There was a king in Judah. See, this is why you need to have notes, because then you can remember these guys' names. There was a king in Judah who hired a bunch of mercenaries to come and help him stand against the king of Assyria, I think. You'll have to go home and look this one up. It's in 2 Chronicles. There was a king in Judah, Judah that hired a bunch of mercenaries. And, 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 and God told him, I'm able to deliver you. He paid him 100 talents, which a talent is $6,000. So he paid him almost a million dollars to come and help him defeat this king. And, and it, during the course of the, of, the, of the getting ready for the battle, the Lord said, you don't need these mercenaries, you trust in me. And the king said something that's relevant to us this morning. He said, what about all these guys I've hired? I just paid them a million dollars. I just gave them a bunch of our money. 
What, what am I going to get for them? What, what do I need to do with them? And the Lord said this to him. He said, don't you know that I'm able to give you many times more what you've paid if you'll just believe in me? Don't you know that the Lord is able to give you many times more than what you've paid if you'll just believe in him? If you lose the lawsuit, don't you know that the Lord is able to sustain you and raise you up and give you many times more than whatever it is you've lost that you feel like you've, you're so, if, if you, if, if, if you, Rebecca's not here with us this morning and, and, and I, I'm going to go ahead and kind of tell her story a little bit because I don't know all the details of it. Some of you are much better at it. But her story is that she was, I believe, you can help me, Sarah, if I get it wrong, but I believe she was one, one of the tops when it came to cheerleading and, and tumbling and, and doing all the things that girls in that, in that vocation do. She was one of the best. She was, she was a tumbler. She was an acrobat. She was, she was a cheerleader. I, I mean, if you've seen her personality, that, that's not hard to believe. She's very perky and very, very fun to be around, and she was, she was tops in that, but they found a problem with her spine. And through that problem with her spine, they were going to do a surgery. And I, and I think they told her, we're not sure you're ever even being able to walk again. So the love of her life, which was cheerleading and drill team and acrobats and all the, all the stuff that goes along with that, suddenly her world was collapsed by injury that said, we're not even sure you're going to be able to walk again. And they did the surgery and, of course, you've seen that she's been able to walk. But through that, she made a better friendship with Jenna Haynes. And Jenna invited her to church. And she came to church and, and loved church. And through that relationship, she was saved. She was baptized. They told me at camp she was filled with the Holy Spirit. So, yes, she lost what she had. And she was fearful that she would never walk again. But the report of the Lord is, by my stripes you are healed. And although her, she may not be healed to be able to do everything she could before, her spirit man now lives. Her spirit man is alive. So the report, give the Lord a hand. Hallelujah. Her world collapsed in this world, but it opened up in the eternal world. Hallelujah. And when it's all said and done, when she's 40 years old, nobody's going to say, well, were you a cheerleader in high school? Because they'll see the glow of the power of God upon her and won't even care about that. God's not giving us a spirit of fear. You may lose this world. You may lose its goods. The United States five years from now may not be what you want it to be, but I want to tell you, decide where your home's going to be because in my home, there is no spirit of fear, but there's power and there's love and there's a sound mind. Nobody in the heaven tonight are wringing their hands worried about it. God didn't wake up this morning and say, well, why didn't somebody tell me what's going on? Why didn't somebody tell me that these were getting bad reports from the doctor? Why didn't somebody tell me that there was a problem with a lawyer? Why didn't somebody give me some information here so I could begin to work? I want to let you know the Bible tells me that that prayer was answered from, the, from it before it was ever prayed. Psalms 59 says, God will prevent me. It means that he begins working on the solution before I even know there's a problem. 
Did you hear me? He's already working on the solution before I even knew there was a problem. Psalms 139 says he knows my thoughts before I think them. I could not believe that. I could not believe that. I mean, I know God can do anything. But how can he know a thought before I even think a thought? How can he know that I'm going to think a thought? And some of you are saying, well, that's easy. Well, it wasn't easy for me. I could not believe it. And, and, I, and I, I struggle with that. But after, not too long after I read that scripture, we had a hurricane. I don't know if you remember or not. I think it was called Rita. We had a hurricane. Another mean old woman. We had a, just trying to break it up here a little bit. We had a hurricane. Her name was Rita. And she tore everything up. And I had some furniture that was tore up. It was particle board that all got wet. It was falling apart in my bedroom. It was, it was not good stuff. And I had hauled it out to the garage because if it's going to fall apart, I wanted it to fall apart out there. And I was going to take it to the dump. And I dragged that stuff over to my truck that Obama said I wasn't going to own. Now, he didn't say it. The news said it. I better get that right. I pulled the drawers out of it. I tried to lift it up. I said, I can't lift this. I'm not tall enough. I, I need to get on top. I got on top and pulled. I wasn't strong enough to pick it up because everybody knows I'm a 35-pound weakling. And I leaned there on top of that furniture, and I thought, man, I wish somebody was here to help me. And as I thought that thought, a white suburban rounded the corner. Now, I'm not talking about a new nice suburban. I'm talking about one of those ones that looked like a bus. It had all the windows rolled down. It rounded the corner, and the guy driving that Suburban stopped at the end of my driveway. And I didn't even look down at him because I figured he was selling something or he needed me to give him a dollar or something, so I didn't even look down at him. And he got out of the car, and he was blonde-headed. He was wearing a yellow T-shirt, and he was wearing a pair of blue jean shorts. And he looked at me. He said, hey, hey, excuse me, sir, excuse me, sir. I finally looked. I said, yes, sir. He said, you need some help with that furniture? At first, I said, oh, I got it. He said, you sure? Because I'm here to help you. I said, well, sure, if you're here to help. <laughs> Come on. He bounded up that driveway like I'd given him the greatest assignment in the world. He helped me get that furniture in the back of the car. Of the truck, he helped me load every bit of that furniture. We all got it all in the truck. I had some boxes over there that was full of some junk. He said, you want to load them too? And then I, I, I cut my blessings short. I said, no, I can get those. I should have said, yeah, load them up too, buddy. You're doing great. See, you can cut your, you can cut your blessings short by lack of faith. You can take it upon yourself to begin to do what you think you can do. You can begin to take it upon yourself and say, oh, I got this, Lord. Okay, I got it now. You can go home. I got this, Lord. And then the next thing you know, it's just a bunch of more work because those were heavy too. I had to get Kathy to help me pick those up because she's not a 35-pound weight. <laughs> we loaded those things. And I had somebody ask me, do you think that was an angel? And my response is this. It was either an angel or it was a man, don't know. 
But here's what I do know. Both of them had to get started before I thought the thought. Both of them had to get started answering the prayer before I even thought the thought. If it was an angel, he should have got a nicer ride. <laughs> and what I'm telling you is, before you got the report, God already made a way of escape. Before you got the information, God was already had the promise working. Before you understood what was going on, God already had the end result taken care of. He already had made the way of escape so that you could bear it, so that you could hear the report. And whether that way of escape is an instantaneous healing, whether that way of escape is a, is a, a medication, whether that way of escape is, is, some, is, is just something that happens over time, whether that way of escape is death, whatever the way of escape is, God has already prepared it. And your mind should be healed because you know in whom you have believed. And you know that God hears and answers your prayers. And you know that God is love. And God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So before you were even a, a gleam in your daddy's eye, God had already set up a moment in time where you were going to have a close encounter with God Almighty through Jesus Christ his son by the power of the Holy Spirit that was going to change your life so that your heart is changed today. You're no longer a man of the flesh, but now you're a man in the spirit. You no longer walk according to sight, but you walk by faith. And I'm telling you, as long as you can keep that thorn, as long as you can keep that fear, as long as you can keep the words, as long as you can keep that stuff in your flesh and it doesn't penetrate your spirit, then you'll be victorious through Jesus Christ. Because Paul said, because his thorn was in the flesh and it didn't affect his spirit, Paul said, there Wherefore, I'll gladly receive reproaches. Wherefore, I'll gladly receive illnesses. I'll gladly receive sicknesses. Paul, you're crazy. Isn't that what Felix told him? Much learning hath made you mad. Paul, you know, you, you become so heavenly minded, you're not even earthly good anymore. You're crazy. Why? Because he knew who... who Because he knew who he believed in. He knew he held his future. As Paul writes this, and I'm closing, but as Paul writes this, he's in jail. He's already been to trial twice at least. He already knows that he's going to be executed because he knows he's about to lay aside his, spirit, his fleshly body, but yet he tells Timothy, don't be afraid. Why? Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor me of his prisoner, but be thou a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his grace, his purpose and his grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but now is made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death, who hath abolished the fear of death, and brought to life and immortality and brought life and immortality to light. How? Through the gospel. God hasn't given you the spirit of fear, of afraid of what's going to happen in this life. Because this life is fleeting. But God's given us 
the spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. Why? Because he has brought to life and immortality to our eyes through the gospel, through the good news of Jesus Christ, through the good news that he is the propitiation for our sin. And I can lay everything at his feet knowing that he loved me. He loved me. Praise team, can you come back this morning? Stand with me if you would. A couple of weeks ago we had a we had a prayer line right here. And one of the many highlights of that week was Kim Spurlock was right here. Family was around her. Sam was in front of her. And I wasn't over there. I was over here. But somebody told Sam to pray for his mother. And I watched. Kim was suffering vertigo, right? Couldn't. Her testimony was she couldn't lean her head over the tub to wash her hair because she would get sick. Is that right? She was having vertigo. She'd had it for weeks, months. She'd been to the doctor. She'd gotten all of their reports. They'd, they'd, I don't know if they'd been put you on medication or they put her on medication. She had all that stuff going on. But as Sam began to pray for his mom, the Spirit of the Lord entered into that situation. And Kim went. Did you go to somebody's house that day? You went to your mom's house. She went to her mom's house skipping. Not like that. That was just me falling over. And I don't have vertigo. I'm just old. I got approved by Medicare, by the way. Yay! Officially old. She went into her house skipping, and she told her mom, told her family, I'm healed. God has healed me. Are you still healed? She's still healed. Two weeks later, she's still healed. God has the final say. And if you know God's will, you don't have to fear. You don't have to fear. I fully believe that Martin, one Wednesday night, will take a service and preach. I fully believe it. I, I fully believe it. I fully believe he's going to be 100% healed. I fully believe one of these days I'm going to ask him to pray, and he's going to pray, and we're going to hear his voice change, and we're going to see the power of God heal him right before our very eyes. I fully believe that. I have no doubt in it. I'm not concerned about it. I'm not fearful about it. I fully believe it. Here's the other side. But if not, but if not, it doesn't change anything. It just tells me how God chose to him for him to glorify God. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't mean God didn't work. Doesn't mean God didn't heal. Doesn't mean God didn't deliver. In Kim's case, instantly, boom, right there, it's done. Martin's case may take a little longer. But in either case, you don't have to fear. Because if God be for me, I'm not a victim. I am not a victim. 
I'm not a victim. I'm a victor. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me. For I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor anything shall separate me from the love of God. Doesn't matter what happens here. Only matters what happens in here. So this morning as they worship, as they lead us in prayer, or as they lead us in worship, if you need prayer this morning, Mentally, physically, financially, whatever. Whatever. Whatever you need prayer for. I want you to come down here with a confident assurance that God loves you. And you don't have to be fearful. You don't, you don't have to be fearful of what might happen or what might not happen. You don't have to be fearful of tomorrow. You don't have to be fearful of even if they give you a report that you're going to be executed. You don't have to be fearful of that because I know whom I have believed. He says that in that first chapter. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I commit to him against that day. And that means nobody's going to stand before God and say, you failed me. He said he would do exceeding abundantly above anything I can ask or think. So this morning, if you have a need, if you're fearful, if you just have a need, I want you to come down here, but I want you to come in expectation of a miracle. I know that as I pray, God is working in my behalf. I know that as God, I'm, I'm, I'm asking the Lord, I know that God is moving. Mm. Go ahead, Mike. When darkness tries to roll over my bones When sorrow comes to steal the joy I hold When brokenness and pain is all I know I won't be shaken No, I won't be shaken When darkness tries to
Could you lift your hands with me for just a minute? Let's worship the Lord here. Let's spend just a moment here in praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Lift your hands with me. Come on. Begin to, begin to worship God here for just a minute. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we worship you, Lord. We praise you, God. We glorify you, Almighty God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord God, for your word, O oh God, that you've spoken in our midst, O oh God. Thank you, O Lord God, for the interpretation, Lord God, to give us knowledge, O God. Father, we worship you right now, Father God. We praise you, Lord God. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You've not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, Father. Glory to God. We receive that, Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Now, if you have the interpretation, go ahead and give it. Hallelujah. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's sing one more song. One more song before we're dismissed. Amen. Yes, sir. right that's right and, and Paul said it this way 
the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. So if you've got a gift and a calling of God, a promise from God, then you can begin to call those things that are not as though they were. That's what Paul said. Let's sing one more song here, and then we'll be dismissed this morning. I know I sing this Wednesday night, but I really feel led to sing it again. <clears throat> So have captive by depression. 
Well, God bless you today. I hope you leave out of this place burning like a fire. <laughs> God bless you in Jesus' name. Be back tonight at, at 6. I didn't take an offering. I guess I need to get a couple of guys. To, but Chad, could you, Stephen, if y'all could come get some plates and stand at the door, <clears throat> if you would, and we'll receive an offering. I, wanna, I do want to tell you that next Sunday night, we're going to have our fifth Sunday celebration. It's going to be down at Lumberton Park on 421. Uh, for those of you that were remember Vince Lombardi, um, that's called Areola Road. But for everybody else, it's 421. <laughs> um, but anyway, we'll be down there next Sunday night. Uh, we're going to provide uh, burgers and links. We're asking you to bring any sides that you want, any desserts that you want, any drinks that you want, uh, and a chair. And we're going to just go down there. We have, there's bike paths for the kids. There's a splash pad or whatever they call those things. There's, we've got a pavilion rented down there. We're just going to go down there and have a good time eating what we do best, eating and drinking and fellowshipping and just having fun together. So that's next Sunday night. Uh, remember that. Um, so, Heavenly Father, thank you for this service today. Father, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your love and your grace, Lord God. I pray that you'd be with us throughout this day, O oh God. Rest our bodies today, Lord God, and bring us back to this house tonight, Lord God, at the appointed time, Lord, that we might experience you in a greater measure. Father, we thank you for it today. In Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen. Amen. God